This is the Better Wealth Podcast with Caleb Williams. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are on section three, the controlled compounding strategy. And, and this is, this is going to be interesting in the new writing in the book. I don't know how I'm, if I'm going to use the idea of controlled compounding. I really like it. Um, but... Yeah, this 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 is big. This is this is where when I learned this, by the way, this is where I decided I was gonna. Ha- I I committed to sharing with this with people. Like this is where I was like, there's gonna be a line outside the door. If people get that they can do this with their money, it's game over. So pay attention. It's chapter eight, controlled compounding. So uh, first of all, I want to introduce to you my big dilemma. Okay, so I'm 19, 20 years old. I'm going to school, learning about the power of compound interest. But I'm also like, I'm also reading books by like Robert Kiyosaki and Think and Grow Rich. And like, I'm starting to realize that controlling my money is is maybe more important than compounding it. And I don't know if you can relate to this, but like you having like a, an, a, a dilemma between two really good things, like in this, it's like, okay, I could lock up my money into a Roth IRA and have that money grow and you'll even be tax free as of as of right now by the way the government could change that but like could be tax free and um that'd be awesome right or or i could make no money put my money in savings account um because the bank i was working with wasn't paying one percent and but but just by having that control if an opportunity like a real estate deal came up where i was i had a couple businesses that ended up failing but i was like well if this business takes off i need capital and so this dilemma and if you're an entrepreneur listening to this you get it like needing capital, having money is super important. And so there's like always this like we're hedging, right? We're like, we're, should I save? Should I invest? Or should I like, should I keep my money over here? And we're always hedging one way or the other. And uh, the hedge is, hedge is really, really a problem. I want to introduce to you three type of people. Remember when I talked about that this book was not about what you do, rather it's how you do it. And I also made a statement that your greatest financial need is using money. And like, I really do mean that. So we're going to assume that you're going to, you're going to be like a normal person and use your money throughout your life. And, and so there's there's three types of people. There's what I'll call a debtor, saver, and maximizer. And I, and again, I got this example, this whole capital equivalent value conversation from Don Blanton. He, this was, this is really big for me. So the the debtor, saver, and maximizer um, are are representative of three people. Now the debtor, I, I show a picture of a, of a line. And, and think about every time you go into debt, you're drawing that big line down. And then every single year, you're, you're doing your best to pay that back. So it's kind of like a, uh, like a, like a stairway that's upside down. Okay. Every, you're going into debt, you're, you're, you're buying things that you can't really afford. You're, you're going to school, you're buying a car that you can't afford and you, you're over leveraged on a house and all this stuff. You don't have money. And at the end of the day, you're just getting crushed. Like you are a slave to that debtor. You're, you're a slave. You're, you have to work just to pay, just to get back. So you're paying interest ultimately to be broke someday. Person number two, listen to, you know, maybe some other people and we're like, okay, I'm not going to spend my whole life paying interest to be in debt. I'm on the other hand going to be a saver. And this is how I was raised. This was how most, most people, you know, that are quote unquote killing it are raised to, to think about money. It's save up money, pay cash for college. So this was me. Save up money, pay cash for my first car. Save up money, pay cash for college. Save up money, finance um, your business. Save up money, pay, pay for all the things throughout your life. And while you don't pay any interest, that saver, every time they pay cash, remember they're disrespecting the eighth wonder of the world. They're literally draining their money and their money's no longer ever able to grow for them ever again. Like no matter how young or old you are, do you understand the problem with that? Like, oh man, I you're getting me going. Like there are accounts that people save for college 
and then they take that money, transfer it to the college, and that money's never able to grow for them ever again. Do you know how crazy that is? Do you know how crazy it is to pay cash for a car? Yes, that car doesn't cost you, like you don't pay any interest on that car, but that, that money is no longer able to grow for you or work for you ever again. So the saver doesn't pay any interest, but they lose interest. And that because we know what opportunity costs it looks like now, that's a huge, huge disadvantage. So yeah, I just want that to be really real and, and sink in. And the third thing, the third person, so we have the debtor, we have the saver, the maximizer takes their money and grows that money the rest of their life. Like they they commit to a lifelong compound growth. They're going to put their money in a place and it's going to grow the rest of their life. And when they need to use capital, instead of taking out their money and disrespecting the eighth one of the world, they're going to borrow against it. And when they're going to borrow against it and their money's going to continue to grow. And this pretty much puts you in a place where every dollar that touches this account, every dollar that touches the strategy will grow not just to retirement, but to the day that you die. And if you're going to utilize your money, you can be able to borrow against it. Now, remember when we talked about this idea of, you know, we would you be willing in the house example, would you be willing to pay $178,000 to earn half a million? And, you know, yes. And yes, there's what I'm trying to say is like mathematically, you could twist that and say like, okay, I'm, I'm pretty much saying, are you willing to pay a little bit of interest if your money can grow over a long period for your life? And especially I can show you the math. It's powerful. And the answer is yes, that's the most efficient way to do this. Remember, it's not what you do. It's how you do it. We're looking, we're, we're trying to lean into efficiency here and try to maximize that. And so they, this concept I got from Nelson Nash, oh man, this changed my life. You finance everything that you purchase. You either pay interest by purchasing uh, with a loan or credit, or you lose interest that you could have earned by paying cash. Think about this, whether you, whether you pay interest or you lose interest, you're financing it. Either way, you're paying or losing something. And so the most efficient way is to do the controlled compounding strategy. And so I, I broke this down for you. Um, Pretty much think about this. It's your money. So think about this. We're, we're, we're breaking this down into three things. We're dealing with your money. You're dealing with an entity that you can borrow from and, and what you're going to purchase. So what you're going to purchase. Okay, I'm holding up my cell phone right now. Let's say I'm going to buy the cell phone. Let's say I have my money. And then instead of using my money to buy the cell phone, what if I use the institution and let my money continue to grow? Remember, it only works if your your money's doing something productive. Okay, so I actually, I'm going to try to read this. Um, it's the, the process of controlled compounding is fairly simple. You place your funds into uh, what I'm going to call the master account. You place your funds into this account where your money will earn lifetime uninterrupted compound growth. Okay, that's point number one. So you put your money in a place that's going to grow the rest of your life. Number two, you identify what you may, uh, what asset or activity that you want to purchase. And I, I just add, like, if you're going to do that, make sure that you get a good rate of return. Okay, that's number two. So you got to figure out what you're going to purchase. Number three, you approach the lender that determines the potential term and, and you, you know, determine the potential terms for the loan. So, okay, can you give me a loan for 5% and I'll pay you back over a certain period of time. Then you use the lender's money in the form of a loan, leaving your money in your master account that's continuing to grow. And number five, over over time, you pay back the loan with amortized interest, Okay, so th which is another way of saying as you pay back the loan, your the interest that your 5% interest, let's just say, is, is earning on a smaller balance, while your money, on the other hand, is continuing to grow. Control compounding can be incredible if used for an ROI positive activity, like investing in an asset 
or a business endeavor. And this is something that I've gotten clear since writing the book. It's talk about liability activities and asset activities. Asset-based activities are activities that put money back in your pocket. Okay, these are things that are productive to you, society, and your bank account. Liability activities are things that take money away from you. And again, as long as you know that, like for instance, you could have a liability activity that like a vacation that's really important. It's taking money away from you, but it's important. So you value it. There's also, I mean, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of things that we do with our money that is just not super necessary. So in, in summary, I'm looking at, a, if, if you have the book, go to page 80 and you see your money growing the rest of your life. You take a lien against that money and buy something, but your money's continuing to grow and you're paying interest on a decreasing or you're paying simple interest or uh, amortized interest while your money is, is compounding. It's an amazing, amazing thing. If, if this, if by listening to this was tough, go get, go get the book because the pictures alone are, are worth whatever you're going to pay for it. And um, it's really, really powerful. By the way, just, just a, a plug. I didn't even say this early on. You can go to andasset.com, A-N-D asset, A-S-S, et.com and I'm, I'm giving away the book for free i'm just asking people to pay the cost of getting them the book so it, it could be very effective and then and then you can also stay in touch because you'll be automatically on our email list if you do that so that's pretty awesome okay so now we're gonna go into chapter nine and uh, i'm gonna stop this and start a new recording but i'm telling you guys all this has led up to one of the most powerful financial vehicles and assets and i'm really excited to share it with you Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. Make sure you press subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or your favorite podcast player.